Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today on the program, Michael Hoggard explores the mystery of cryptid creatures, and Pastor Larry answers a question about Babylon. God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. We'd love to see you at our final Prophecy Conference of 2022. It's the second annual Las Vegas Prophecy Conference, November 19th and 20th at Sunrise Bible Church. Speakers include Pastor Billy Crone, Pastor Tom Hughes, Larry Stam, Greg Patton, and Micah Van Hus. Make plans now to join us at Sunrise Bible Church in Las Vegas, November 19th and 20th. Registration is open right now. We've had over 400 people register already. To be a part of this exciting conference, visit swrc.com and click on Events. Or you can simply call 1-800-652-1144. And let us know you're coming to the second annual Las Vegas Prophecy Conference, November 19th and 20th. Are mystery monsters such as Bigfoot, Yeti, Loch Ness, Chupacabra, and Mothman real? What about dragons and flying serpents? Are these creatures mentioned in the Bible? Pastor Michael Hoggard is here to reveal the secrets of cryptid creatures on today's Watchmen on the Wall. Are creatures such as Bigfoot, Yeti, the Loch Ness Monster, and Mothman real? Are the people who claim to have seen such creatures telling the truth? What, if anything, do these creatures have to do with the end times? My guest today is here to answer those questions and much more. He is Pastor Michael Hoggard, the senior pastor of Bethel Church in Festus, Missouri. Pastor Mike is well known for his video messages that he produces through his prophetic research ministries. And he's a longtime friend of this particular ministry. Today, we're going to talk about his video presentation titled Cryptid Creatures. Pastor Mike, welcome back to the Watchman on the Wall. Good to be back with you, Brother James, and all the good people at Southwest Radio. I love you guys. Well, I want to let everyone know from the outset that we're going to be talking today about the supernatural. Now, Pastor Mike, you know, it amazes me. Whenever you and I talk about something supernatural, such as giants or aliens, I get a lot of calls, emails, and letters from people who, Christian people, who are upset because we have the audacity to discuss the supernatural. But now, isn't the Bible a supernatural book? Aren't these topics relevant to Christians? It is, because I tell people everywhere I go, in fact, I just came back from Fort Smith, Arkansas last week, and I tell people there is a spiritual world around us. We know this from the Bible. Mm-hmm. We believe it. There are good angels, bad angels. They are all around us every day. There is a war going on over the souls of men every day. But we can't see them on a normal basis. So what our wonderful God has done for those of us who believe the Bible is that he's giving us spiritual glasses to be able to see into the world that our regular eyes won't see. You know, that's what, you know, the Bible is talking about where it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Our sight won't do us any good anyway, because we can't normally see 
angels, we can't see devils, except at times when maybe they want to be seen and so on. And so since we can't see them with our regular eyes, our regular eyes are of no use to us. That's when we have to walk by faith. And it's not just faith that I believe in a God. It's faith in the Word of God telling us what exists, what's out there. And not just what exists, but what they look like. What are they doing? What is their agenda? Why is it at times that they make appearances known to man? And I believe that the, the big final showdown of all showdowns given to us in the Bible, the final end times war, is absolutely going to be a spiritual war. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6 that our wrestling is not with flesh and blood. And you have so many Christians, church members and so on, who are trying to fight this battle with flesh and blood. But that's not where the battle is. The battle is against principalities, which are devils, powers, which are devils, the spirits of the, you know, the darkness of this world, and then spiritual wickedness in high places. And all four of those groups are devils. So that's who our fight is with. These devils, I believe, come in various forms. The Bible warns us about them. And so, in my opinion, topics like the aliens, topics like UFOs, and things like that, I think this stuff is absolutely relevant for the last days that we're going into right now. Well, now, you have spent years researching the supernatural. Some people call you the UFO pastor because you do focus on the strange and unusual. And you once told me, Pastor Mike, that when you were a kid in school, I I did the same thing. When you were a kid in school, you checked out all the library books on Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, UFOs, things like that. Tell me about your history researching the supernatural. I think it was in fourth grade in our school, every grade that you graduated to, they let you into a, a new part of the school library. And somewhere around the fourth grade, they, they let me into a part of the library that I didn't, you know, had never seen before. And here it is, has all of these books on all of these mysteries that are around the world. The, the things like UFOs, like you mentioned, not just the Loch Ness Monster, but lake monsters in general which I tend to believe because of our Bible telling us that the universe and the earth is 6,000 years old, not, you know, 16 billion years old, right. that it's very possible that some of these lake monsters are actually remnants of creatures that, by way of the bones that have left over, the fossil remains that have been left over. It's possible that things like the Loch Ness Monster, the Lake Champlain Monster, what they call Champ, and others that are around the world, that these creatures possibly are remnants of things that used to exist many years ago, especially before the flood. It's, it's quite possible that that could be. And then you get into some of the more The word cryptic or cryptozoology is the term used for it. The word crypto means secret, like in a crypt, like locked in a vault. 
And zoology, of course, is the study of living creatures. The Greek word zoa is where we get the word zoo from. So the, the cryptid creatures of crypt, cryptozoology, things like Bigfoot, Sasquatch, which I found out has a long history of people seeing things like this. It just didn't just pop up in the, in the late 50s, early 60s. There's actually thousands of years of history that goes back into this. Things like that, that my mind, anytime it sees a mystery or it sees something mysterious like that, I have this desire in me to want to know what that is. But my Sunday school upbringing, all of the church services I attended as a child and as a teenager, all of the good preaching I heard over the years, and the things like that have helped develop me so that, yes, I believe that these mysterious creatures do exist, but then I also believe what John said in John chapter 1, all things were made by him, without him was not anything made that was made. And so if Christ made all of these creatures, whether they be of the natural world or of the spiritual world, Christ made all these, then he must have made them then for a purpose and for a reason. And I believe that we study the Bible enough. The Bible not only gives us the examples or the teaching, the wisdom behind what these creatures are and possibly what their purpose is in relation to the entire story of mankind, God saving mankind, the fact that there are God's people on this earth, there are God's angels in heaven, there are also the children of the devil mentioned in the parable of the uh, wheat and the tares. And there are also evil angels and evil spirits in this world. And again, I think the Bible then reveals both of those to us. So in one way, I want to study all of the esoteric mysteries of the world. But in the other way, because of what God's done in my life, I want to study them in relation to the Bible. Well, in this video presentation, you share many eyewitness testimonies from people who have had encounters with cryptids, and you've collected many of these over the years. Would you share a few of those testimonies? I will, and I'll, I'll share one that I really haven't made public yet, so this will be the first time they've ever heard of it. When I started studying this, I made a presentation at a church that I knew they had they followed our ministry and they loved our things and so on. So I knew I could do this here. And I talked about cryptid creatures. Well, the pastor's mother came to me and she told me that she had an encounter with something that she believed was a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch type creature. And I said, oh my goodness, I've got to talk to you about this. So I got her permission to record her, do, do an audio recording of it, and I still have the audio. She told me that when she was about 12 to 13 years old, there was a young lady that came up missing in an area outside of where most people live. This was in central Illinois in the early to mid-60s. This is about the time I was born. And she said that 
the story was going around town, the rumors going around town was that she was taken by some sort of monster that lived in the woods in that area. I think it was her younger brother or older brother, and a friend they knew, this friend of theirs was about 18 or 19, she was the one who could drive. So one night, about 9 or 10 o'clock, they decided to leave and drive up to the exact area where this woman went missing. And they turned the car off, turned the headlights off, and they let everything get quiet and they waited. And she said in about 15, 20 minutes, they could hear, they could see something approaching the front of their car. And she said, this thing was absolutely huge. We're talking seven feet tall, maybe eight feet tall, and not just tall and lanky, but tall and extremely muscular. She said that this thing could see the car, could see them in the car, that it walked toward the car, grabbed the front bumper, and was trying to shake the car up and down, climbed up on the front hood and was staring at them through the windshield. She then said the creature got off the front of the car, walked around to the back, and this pastor's mother happened to have the back windows, back before air conditioning in cars, she had the rear window rolled down. And all of a sudden, this hand, furry, smelly hand, kind of reaches in and lays itself on her shoulder. And she just froze and just shaking. And after a while, finally the hand lifted off of her and all of a sudden now, he's at the back bumper, and he is literally picking this car up off of the ground. The rear tiles are leaving the ground. He is trying to shake this car, I guess, in an attempt to shake them out of it, maybe, or something like that. And, and just like in any of these scary movies of the 80s and 90s, you know, when they're running from Friday the 13th or whatever, the car won't start. And the girl is up front trying to furiously start the car. Finally, it starts, and when he let the car down and the wheels touched the ground, they took off. And I asked her, I said, have you, you know, what'd you do when you got home? She said, we told our parents. I said, did your parents believe you? She said, not a word. They didn't believe a word of what we said. And, and we swore to them that that's what we saw. And I said... Did you tell anybody since then? And she looked at me and she said, no way. We figured since our own parents wouldn't believe us, that nobody else would either. And this is a, this is a born-again pastor's mother. I know the pastor. He's a good, godly man, a solid King James man, has a good church. I won't say where. I have that recording. My wife happened to look and do a little research online, and sure enough, in central Illinois, at about the same time that this event occurs, there was a whole rash of Bigfoot Sasquatch sightings in central Illinois at the time. So the historical aspect of it matches the story that she told. 
the big question then would be, are these creatures physical creatures? Are they a species of giant ape that we haven't yet discovered yet? Or are they spirits? And that, you know, that would be the big question to ask, is what kind of creatures are they? Because I don't doubt the testimony of this pastor's mother, plus the thousands and thousands of other stories and testimonies that have been told by people literally all over the world. You're not just dealing with an American thing. These things are seen in Europe. These things are seen in Russia. These things are seen in Australia. They call them yowies because of the the high-pitched squeal that they make and so on, the cry out that they give to one another. And so I absolutely believe that these people are telling the truth. I compare it like this. If we have footprints of Bigfoot and we have videos, game cameras of large, hairy, bipedal creatures walking through the forest, and we have the Patterson-Gimlin film that goes back to the mid-60s, one of the best films ever of a Sasquatch. If we have all these films, all this evidence, we have hair that has been left on barbed wire fences, and we have all this evidence, and then we compare that to Santa Claus. And with Santa Claus, we don't have any pictures of Santa Claus. We don't have any film of a sleigh landing on a roof with a tiny reindeer. We don't have any home video security cameras of a fat man going up and down the chimney. And so that's what I tell people. We have evidence, lots of evidence, for the idea of Bigfoot, We have no evidence at all for the idea of a Santa Claus, so we don't believe in Santa Claus. We believe in something that people say they have been seeing all over the world, literally, for hundreds, if not thousands of years, and I believe their testimony has to be true. I'm talking today with Pastor Michael Hoggart about his DVD, Cryptid Creatures. This DVD contains these episodes, The Cryptid Bible, Cryptid Creatures, Flying Serpents, and The Serpents of Egypt. You can order your copy of Cryptid Creatures now by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can always order online at swrc.com. Unfortunately, we are out of time today, but this is such a fascinating topic that we're going to have Pastor Mike back with us again. Next time, we will continue to learn about cryptid creatures, and I'm going to ask Pastor Mike specifically about some specific cryptids. So you'll want to tune in for that. Mike, thanks for joining me. Look forward to continuing this conversation next time. More on cryptid creatures from Michael Hoggard tomorrow. Pastor Michael Hoggard explores the mystery of these creatures in the new DVD entitled Cryptid Creatures. What are these strange animals, and are they mentioned in the Bible? Find out in the DVD Cryptid Creatures. Order today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Make sure you ask how you can receive free shipping on your order when you call 1-800-652-1144. This year's SWRC Prophecy Calendar is here and ready to ship. This year's calendar is based on the book and television series, Jewish Roots of Christianity. 
a 16-month calendar that features all major biblical, Jewish, and Israeli holidays, plus U.S. holidays. Each day contains scripture references to help you read through the Bible in a year, and the calendar is full of gorgeous photos and artwork. Part of the proceeds from each calendar go to the Onesimus Prison Ministry. When you order a calendar, a calendar is also sent to a prisoner. Order the 16-month Jewish Roots of Christianity calendar today. 1-800-652-1144 or order online swrc.com Now it's time to ask Pastor Larry a part of the program where Pastor Larry Spargimino answers your Bible questions Pastor Larry in the book of Revelation Babylon is mentioned after the rapture what Babylon is scripture referring to? There are two cities that are referenced numerous times in Scripture. One, of course, is the city of Jerusalem. The other is the city of Babylon. The book of Revelation contains 404 verses. 44 of the verses, or about 10%, refer to an entity known as Babylon. Two chapters, Revelation 17 and 18, focus on a Babylon that exists on earth following the rapture. Who or what is the Babylon of prophecy? What role does it have in the end-time scenario, and what does it tell us about the future? The city and territory known as Babylon is located in present-day Iraq, and it is important biblically in four ways. First of all, it is important geographically because it is a definite city. Secondly, it is important nationally because the nation of Babylon is mentioned in several biblical contexts. Perhaps its most famous king is Nebuchadnezzar, frequently mentioned in the book of Daniel. Thirdly, Babylon is important spiritually because it represents the seat and source of rebellion against God, particularly in the form of false religions. Fourthly, Babylon is mentioned in end-time passages as a place of religious darkness and commercialism and greed. The religion of ancient Babylon was polytheism, a religion of many deities. In the ancient Babylonian flood account, the Gilgamesh epic, which in many ways parallels the biblical flood account, there are many gods, some quite childish and lacking moral character. What do we know about that entity called Babylon? Well, there's a useful rule to follow in serious Bible study. It is the rule of first occurrence. If we want to know the identity of Babylon, we have to look at the first occurrence or first mention of the word in the Bible. According to Genesis 10, verses 8 through 10, Nimrod, the youngest and most notorious son of Cush, was a mighty hunter, a phrase that may indicate great craftiness and wickedness. His name Nimrod literally means, let us rebel. It is possible that he had great strength and was successful in slaying many of the very large and dangerous animals that lived on earth after the flood of Noah. Nimrod built a great kingdom, with one of his major cities being called Babel, meaning confusion, in the land of Shinar, later known as the place where the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar erected a huge 90-foot statue honoring himself. According to Daniel chapter 3, three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to comply with the king's request to bow down and honor the king's statue. 
God created man to multiply and fill the earth and have dominion over the earth. However, in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 11, we find that the people who came to the land of Shinar refused to obey God. Instead of scattering, they erected a ziggurat, a pyramid-type structure with steps. The ancients believed that such a structure would be a channel of communication, whereby the gods could come down to earth and commune with man. Babel, or Babel, came to be known as Gateway of the Gods. So not only did the people of Shinar refuse to populate the earth as instructed by God, they wanted to receive the blessings and wisdom from the gods. They said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And that's from Genesis 11, verse 4. In Scripture, kings, emperors, and national leaders are representative of their people, nation, and character. The Caesars were types of the Antichrist. Many have concluded that the Antichrist is in some way an offshoot of a revived Roman Empire. For this reason, it is significant that one of the most detailed explanations of the origin and reign of Satan is in a passage that initially starts out with a reference to the king of Babylon. In Isaiah 14:4, we read that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon. But a few verses later, in almost the same breath, we read, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. The consistent connection between Babylon and rebellion against God puts an indelible stamp upon Babylon. There is good reason to believe that false religions, even the false religions that we see in today's world, find their origin in Babylon and can be categorized as Babylonianism. Revelation chapters 17 and 18 provide the final biblical revelation focusing on Babylon. I understand the word Babylon to refer to a definite location in Iraq and also to a system of devotion to demonic forces. In other words, Babylon is much more than just a code word for evil. I like the way Dr. Mark Hitchcock puts it, and I want to quote him, After the rapture of the church and after the tribulation period begins, Babylon will rise again, both a literal city and the pagan religious system that is rooted in it. Humans will again organize in rebellion against the one true God, just as they did at the Tower of Babel. The tower and the city represent the two aspects of Babylon that continue today. Religious rebellion and apostasy, that's in Revelation 17, balanced against political and commercial power, that's in Revelation chapter 18, close quotes. We can learn much from Bible prophecy, both about the future as well as about the present. Christians need to be well-grounded in the Word of God. They also need to be busy in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. We need to have compassion. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We need to ask for the leadership of God as we speak to others about the only one who can save them from eternal damnation. Are mystery monsters such as Bigfoot, Yeti, Mothman, Loch Ness, are they real? What about dragons and flying serpents? Are these creatures mentioned in the Bible? 
Join Pastor Michael Hoggard as he explores these secrets in the brand new DVD, Cryptid Creatures. Order Cryptid Creatures today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. This look into the unknown is for you. Call 1-800-652-1144 and order Cryptid Creatures. Tomorrow, we continue our look at cryptid creatures with Pastor Michael Hoggard. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.